Hi, this is Lucas Miles, and what you are about to hear is part of a series of interviews from my time at the National Religious Broadcasters Proclaim 2017. In this particular interview, I had a chance to meet for the first time and speak in depth with Devon Franklin. Devon Franklin is not only an award-winning Hollywood producer, best-selling author, but he is also a renowned preacher and motivational speaker. This particular interview was a really incredible experience for me because I feel like Devon is doing so many things in the space that I am in. In addition to speaking and preaching, he's also extremely accomplished as a filmmaker. And some of his movies that you might know include Miracles from Heaven, Heaven is for Real, and his new film, The Star. Devon was also named one of the top 100 most influential African Americans in America. And beyond all that, he is an amazing guy with a lot of wisdom. In this interview, Devon and I, we get into it. We talk about tips and principles. You might even want to grab a notebook and write down some of these things. It's a great interview. I hope you enjoy it. And here is Devon Franklin. Thanks for having me, Lucas. Good to be here. Definitely. This is our first time actually meeting. We passed a little bit in the hallway uh, last year at NRB, but it's really great to see you and to sit Likewise. down with you. Uh, very impressed with your work, and oh, thank you. You know, uh, for for maybe some of our listeners that that um, don't know the name behind the work, yeah. tell us a few projects that you've done that they might be familiar with. Uh, I most recently produced Miracles from Heaven, which came out last year with Jennifer Garner and Queen Latifah. And uh, before that, I worked on I was a studio executive uh, for Columbia Pictures for about ten years, and uh, worked on everything from Pursuit of Happiness to the Karate Kid remake to Heaven Is for Real. Uh, and then right after Heaven is for Real, I started my own company, uh, Franklin Entertainment. And uh, so now I run that company. I'm a producer. And, you know, I've been in Hollywood since I was 18 years old. Wow. Started as an intern for Will Smith and have been working my way up ever since. How did that come about? The, you know, because, I mean, that's, that's something I'm always interested in is, like, where did the, the inception of the success start at? So how did you get the gig with Will Smith? You, uh, I started, um, let's see, I went to USC, the okay. University of Southern California. And uh, I got rejected from the film school. You know, USC Film <laughs> School is the number one film school in the world. And Let's uh, just pause there because that tells, you know, there's a lot of people listening to this that are going to be aspiring filmmakers. I know. In those that means that, you know, you don't always have to listen to the criticism That's initially right. and just push That's through right. it. That's, That's awesome. right. And I think sometimes we, you know, view rejection mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as, a, as a denial from God. But sometimes rejection is his protection so that we can actually do mm-hmm. the thing that we need to do. And if we had gotten the thing that we wanted, maybe it would have been a diversion. Right. And so I'm so grateful that I did not get the uh, acceptance into the film school, but I did get accepted general admission to USC. Okay. And so I knew that I needed to get some real industry experience. And I went out for an internship interview at the management company that managed Will Smith. Uh, my job in high school, my after school job was working for a nonprofit in Northern California, in Oakland. And the executive director of that organization was college roommates with a guy named Takashi who wrote Set It Off. Oh, wow. And so he, at the time, he was a very prominent screenwriter yeah. and, you know, very, very hot. And so when I got to L.A., the executive director set up a meeting for me and Takashi. Mm. So I met with Takashi, and Takashi was the one that said, you should get an internship 
uh, at the management company that manages Will. So right. I put in my resume, they called me in for an interview, and I ended up getting the internship. And that was really the beginning of my career. And, and everything that has happened since then goes back to that moment. I call that the success snowball. You know, That's it's right. like if you want to build a snowman, you got to start with a little That's snowball right. and then right. just keep rolling that into That's one right. thing after another. And you've obviously done that very well. You have quite a few projects and, you know, uh, uh, really, you know, successful things underneath your belt here. But you have a new project that's coming out. Tell me about that a little bit. So I'm uh, executive producer of The Star. It's an animated film. It's the story of the first Christmas told from the animal's point of view. And the lead character is the donkey that carries Mary and Joseph to the manger. And what we call this the greatest story never told. And what you didn't realize that the animals played a much bigger role in this uh, you know, historic event than most people realize. And we wanted to do, I wanted to do an animated film because you know, animation is, is really capturing you know, the heartbeat of the culture. When you look at everything from trolls to um, Finding Dory to Zootopia, I mean, these are not films for children. They're yeah. films for all audiences. Right. And what better story to make an entree into this incredibly uh, vibrant space than with the star, mm. the story of, of the first Christmas. I like this because I think that, you know, when we hear the same story over and over again, we, we start to become numb to it. That's right. But unless it's told from a different perspective. And totally. so, you know, exactly. the way in which you're kind of inserting, it's like, you know, it's like as a pastor, you know, I started preaching at 17. And Is so, that right? you know, when you, when you had, you know, you could say the same thing to your congregation for like 10 years and you have a guest speaker show up and they say the same thing that you've been saying, but everybody like gets saved and they have a big <laughs> revival, you know? And, and so, but you know, so I, I love this idea of taking this, yeah. animating it, and then taking it from the animal perspective. I think that I, I'm excited to see this yes. and just see the impact that this makes. And there's some big names in this thing. Yes. We have, we have Oprah Winfrey, Tyler, Tyler Perry, Perry yep. Kelly Clarkson, uh, Christine. Uh, uh, Chenoweth, uh, um, Tracy Morgan. I mean, yeah, this Kelly, is, Kelly, uh, Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson. Said, yeah, um, Delilah. Delilah. Yeah, we have a great Christopher Plumber. I mean, this thing's this thing's legit oh, yeah. here. Oh yeah, Ving Rhames, Gabriel Iglesias. I mean, we got you know. And the good thing about the story is the story itself was so is so universally known. All of the people that you just listed wanted to be a part of this film because they really are not only love the material but also want to be a part of like giving this story again to this generation. Yeah. And sometimes it's so important to keep our stories alive and we have to find creative ways to do that. And I think this, this story, uh, I think we'll, we'll do it and I'm yeah. hoping that it'll do it. And also I think it's really great to be a part of something that has some meaning and mm -hmm. has some, some uh, you know, inspiration behind it. Yeah. And Christmas to a degree has become so commercialized mm -hmm. and it's gotten so far away from what it is supposed to be. Yeah. And the idea of being able to do this movie and, and really reinstilling what it means for this season and what it really is about and what that means for our life. I'm hoping that this film not only will entertain, but also inspire. Awesome. Very cool. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. I mean, I think that, and I'm I'm in Hollywood. I live in the Midwest, but I'm in Hollywood about every other month for mm -hmm. work and you know trips out there. So I mean, I, and I've been doing that for years. So I, I get kind of that world. Um, but a lot of people that aren't in Hollywood, especially believers, there's there might be this undertone of Hollywood's going to hell in a handbasket. And obviously, that's not been what your experience is with your company. I mean, you guys are you guys are ministering to people on a really broad mm -hmm. scale. So. Talk to me about maybe what are some of the, the things that maybe people aren't hearing from Hollywood or don't know about in maybe the rest of the Christian world outside of there that they're, that they're really, um, you know, talk about what, what's God doing underneath the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. My next book is called The Hollywood Commandments. 
a spiritual guide to secular success. Mm. And it's basically the 10 laws for success that I learned while working in Hollywood that they don't really teach in the church. And I wanted to write that book, you know, really much because of so much of what you're asking yeah. in the question. And I think that for too long, uh, people of faith have been raised in a culture of fear. And that culture of fear has kept us back instead of releasing us forward. Right. You know, when we know who we serve and we know what he's done for us and that it has financed our ability to become who we're supposed to be. Yet we get up every day and say, oh, I can't go too far. If I go too far, something's going to happen. It's almost like the Wizard of Oz. It's like, oh, you know, we believe, oh my goodness, you know, that there's this magical place. And then we realize, well, no, it, it, it wasn't, okay? You didn't have to follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> well, the yellow brick road didn't lead anywhere. Right, okay? that's good. At the end of the day, you already had it in you. Right. And it's about the journey. And so that's what I, I really want to, to capture in this next book. And that's the, the, to answer your question, is that I think that so many times, you know, when you talk about Hollywood, for whatever reason, there has been this label put over the system, which has been detrimental because no matter whether you like Hollywood or not, it is the medium that is influencing yep. and inspiring the world, yeah. no matter how you look at it. So we either have a choice. When the Bible says, you know, go ye therefore, you know, for witness unto all nations, you know, and preach the word, okay? It, you said you, you minister, I minister too. Even if, a hundred thousand people show up to one of our sermons. That's like a blip on the radar for how many people are going to see a movie. Yeah. For how many people are going to watch a television show. Yep. For how many people are going to hear a song. Mm -hmm. So for us to want to win the world. Yeah. But then we want to distance ourselves from Hollywood. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. That's so good. And, and, and the same people, my experience is that, you know, again, it's very easy to demonize Hollywood, but I've had experience in Hollywood where there are great people, yes. wonderful people, people who are family people who want to make, who, who want to do good in the world. They may have a different point of view, but they don't come in, you know, to the office saying, you know, how can I make content that's going to disrupt families or anything like that? That's not the intention. So I think it's important to embrace and engage. Now, of course, with any industry, and Hollywood is no exception, there are going to be pitfalls. Yeah. But I think the pitfalls are predominantly based upon the individual's predisposition for ambition and whatever they may find tempting of in and of themselves. Yeah. You've seen plenty of people in ministry who, because they had a, a desire in and of themselves, that temptation for to cut corners or to not be a good friend or a good colleague yeah. or to say, you know what, I'm not gonna embrace the community for whatever reason because they had ambition to do whatever they thought was gonna build them up. That's the same as it is in Hollywood. Yeah. It just comes from what are the things that you're desiring and are you checking those things and submitting those things to God? And people are like, oh, you know, the, the temptation in Hollywood is great. I don't find it any greater than no matter whatever you want to do. <laughs> if, if you're a doctor and you want to be a successful doctor, you're going to be tempted yeah. on how am I going to get there? No temptation sees you except which is common to man. That's it's right. A common experience. It's a common experience. I, I find that, you know, um, money, success, those things, they're simply uh, reveal what's on the inside. That's they right. Don't, you know, people have this idea, well, I, you know, I don't want to be rich because I know rich people fall into, you know, it, it's, no, it's, it's people fall into stuff Absolutely. based on where the, the disposition, I love how you said that, of their heart. And those things, money just reveals that. Success just reveals where your heart, you know, the reason those people that maybe that don't have the access to that aren't That's doing right. it is because they don't have the access. They want to That's right. in their heart, but That's they're not right. there yet. So talk to me about how do you 
keep yourself grounded in the midst of this? You know, you've had a lot of success. You've gotten a lot of attention. Uh, you know, you were named, I believe, uh, top 100 most influential African-Americans yeah. in, in the yeah. nation, which congratulations yeah. on you. that. Thank you. Um, and, and so, you know, how do you deal with some of that? What does your spiritual walk look like? You know, how you define that for me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I deal with it, you know, one, understanding that, you know, it's God who is, is doing it and brought me this far. And, and, uh, and I still have a long way to go. You know, I'm certainly not at the top of whatever mountain I'm climbing. I feel like, you know, I'm climbing the mountain. I'm further than where I was last year, but I'm certainly not there. Mm. So that, that just in and of itself is a, is a very humble uh, journey for me. And, uh, you know, understanding that there's so much more to do. And, um, you know, and, I, and I've had the benefit of being behind the scenes for so long. And, you know, I got started when I was 18 in, yeah. in the business. And I've able to, been able to see so much in so many people and so many careers and really study where they missed it. Yeah. And so much of it comes to this issue of humility mm. and ego and pride. Yeah. And so I do my best to, one, be assertive over the things that I feel like I need to be assertive of. You yeah. know, not be taken advantage of, not be a doormat, but make sure that those things are in service of what is just, not just for my ego. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference. Yeah. There are certain things you got to fight for in your career that are just. Yeah. And there are certain things that are just ego. Mm -hmm. So having the wisdom to know the difference and whenever I get into that just ego territory, yeah. God slapping my hand. Yeah. Saying, hey, and then I'm me being convicted and saying, oh, God, I'm sorry. I repent. <laughs> you know, and, that, and those things have happened at times for sure. Yeah. It's been a journey. And that's the other thing that I think is so um, we don't give ourselves enough credit in the in the faith community. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. OK, <laughs> as David said, you know, hey, he was born in sin, shaking, shaping iniquity. So were we. Yeah. And this is a journey. And there are going to be times we're going to miss it. There are going to be times where we miss the mark. But that's where grace and mercy comes in. And we're so hard on ourselves yeah. and we don't give ourselves one iota mm -hmm. to make a mistake. It's going to happen. I don't right. care who you are. It's right. going to happen. So we need to be a little bit easier on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that we give ourselves a pass just to be sinful. No, right. but understand this is a journey. Right. And what I may have done last year as I become into more wisdom and knowledge and, and a better understanding of who God is and what he wants me to do. I may not do that this year. Right. But just because I did it last year with the truth that I had. It's okay to say, you know, hey, I'm making adjustments. We're all yep. learning. Yep. And so that's how I stay humble. I'm learning. I'm on a journey. I'm not there yet. I'm trying. And I'm just trying to be the best steward of what God has given me in this moment. Yeah. Understanding that that changes. Yeah. And, but my conviction and my, my desire to please him, my desire to bring hope and inspiration to the world, that's, that's consistent. Mm. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm, I'm not in Hollywood for fame. I'm not in Hollywood for money. I'm not even in Hollywood for stature. You know, I'm in Hollywood because there are people that gotta be reached. Right. There, and, and, and I'm not in Hollywood just, you know, make, for making movies. I'm like, hey, I'm here to write books. I'm, you know, doing a lot of stuff with Dr. Oz on, on television. You know, I'm producing television. So I'm like, how can I use every area of yeah. this, this entertainment business to use it as a medium for light yeah. and, and make great content, whether I'm on television with Dr. Oz or whether I'm writing a book or whether I'm producing a film, content that is going to change people. Yeah. And that doesn't it's not afraid to engage them and hold up a mirror. It's like, you know, I mean, I can't wait for people to read this new book. I love it because like <laughs> the first chapter is called prayer isn't enough. Yeah. All right. You know, we, we pray about everything. Nothing wrong with that. But you got to get up and work. Right. You got to get up and prepare. I, I always get I give the example actually in, in my book um, where Moses is, the, you know, he's leading the Israelites and they have the uh, Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. 
and they they come to there, and Moses does what any pastor does. He goes, well, we're in trouble. Let's have a That's prayer right. meeting. That's right. And he sits everybody down, and God actually interrupts him, and he says, Moses, what are you doing? What are you and doing? And he's like, we're praying. He's like, no, you pick up your staff, and Man, you start walking out right. there, and you raise your staff, and you part the waves. I think there's this codependency totally. that has developed, so developed on God, which so good. You know, we think we're supposed to be dependent upon God. We are, so but we're good. not supposed to be codependent upon him, and that's a whole it's, different thing. It is, because, but then what, here's what happens. And again, not to get into the psychology of, of spirituality per se, but we all have a dream, we all have a desire, we all have an ambition. Tethered with that is disappointment mm. because we've tried it or we wanted to try it, but we didn't, and yeah. so we're disappointed. So what we do in order to feel better about how we live, we just say, oh, it wasn't God's will. Yes. Oh, I'm praying on it. it takes the responsibility off of it us. It takes the responsibility off of us, puts it back on him yep. so we can actually cope day to day. Yes. What I'm saying is that you will know if it's God's will as you endeavor to do it. Mm. You cannot intellectualize what God has called you to do. Right. So yes, you must pray for guidance. I pray for guidance every day. You know, you asked the question earlier, how I stay grounded. You know, I read it, the word every day, every morning. I do my affirmations. You know, I make sure that I pray every morning. I, you know, pray throughout the day. But I'm also studying the industry that I'm in. Yeah. I'm also getting advice. I'm also, you know, pushing. I'm also preparing. I'm also saying, God, I think you're in this. Let me make the phone call. Let me send the email. Let me take the meeting. Right. Let me search for you. And anything that you're, is not yours, show me. Mm -hmm. And anything that is yours, show me as well. Yeah. But it's a process of action, not a process of just sitting there hoping that one day it's going to happen. If you enjoyed what you've heard so far on the Lucas Miles Show, I hope so. But if you are somebody who's out there and you're going, I need more of this, well, I have some good news for you. If you go to the App Store, you can download an app called the Oasis Network for Churches. That's the Oasis Network for Churches. And it is a free podcast, and you can listen to my Sunday morning sermons, messages. Uh, there's free videos on there, all sorts of goodies. And you can also live stream the Sunday morning services at the church that I speak at, which is Oasis Church in Granger, Indiana. And uh, you can visit that through the App Store. And now back to our guest on The Lucas Miles Show. I love, you know, kind of going back here in the conversation. You know, you talked about Christians kind of running from things like Hollywood. And I, I've always said that the two most influential places, I think, in, in, in the nation, at least, if not the world, are D.C. and L.A. Absolutely. And historically, Christians Absolutely. have been very, we've, we've cast stones at both of those places. We've been <laughs> yeah. afraid to get in them. And I think that, that I think that's changing. We're certainly seeing that change in Hollywood, and I and I'm, I'm hoping that's changing in, in D.C. as well. But the, um, you know, as we as we look at this, um, it's, you know, this word that you said, humility. And yeah. I think that is one of the most misunderstood words, yes. you know, that there is. Because we think humility is, is a lot of times we consider somebody humble if they're self-abasing. You know, you tell them, oh, you did a good job singing. And they're like, well, my, I have a cough this yeah, week. Yeah, and, totally. You know, they You're kind of right. You're right. But, you know, I, you know, when you look at Scripture, again, going back to Moses, he says that, he says that, um, it writes in, ex, or in, in the Bible, it says that Moses was the most humble man in all the land. Now, the interesting thing about that is Moses wrote that about himself. You know? and, and, and I, I, I love it. That humility is being able to say about yourself what God says about you. That's right. You know, the, the person who is, 
is, um, you know, if I go in a room and I say, hey, who's the most humble person in the room? And I'm in a room with a bunch of producers. And, you know, the arrogant guy goes, well, I am probably the most humble, but I don't want to raise my hand because everybody's yeah. going to think I'm arrogant. That's you right. know, the self-abasing guy goes, uh, you know, well, I know it's not me. Totally. Only oh, the shucks. guy that can say, you know what? I know who God's called me to be. That's right. And that's who I'm going to be today. That's right. That's it is. You know, and I, I see you doing that. And so, you know, kudos to that. Oh, I mean, just, you. you know, walking in, you know, your calling and as you've, you know, um, uh, you know, just see those things played out. Yeah. But, you know, in this process, you've not been doing this alone. Your wife's been with you in this. That's right. And you, that's guys, right. you guys put out a book together in we the did. past. Am I right? Yeah, we did. We put out a book last uh, last spring, uh, February of last year okay. called The Weight. Yeah. Uh, the power, you know, how to find the love of your life and the life you love. And it's all about the power of practicing delayed gratification in relationships, oh. which means waiting for sex until marriage. Yes. And uh, we talk about the value of what that did for our marriage and mm -hmm. our relationship. And, uh, you know, we really wanted to put that in the culture. Yeah. And, and it's not an easy thing to do, but we wanted to sometimes in the church, the church just says do it. Yeah. They don't always give you the understanding of how to do it yes. and why to do it. And we wanted to unpack that from a personal standpoint so that people really get the sense of what it'll do for your life. And the yeah. blessing is that the book has just taken off and you know, all being read, read all around the world and awesome. changing lives and changing hearts and changing relationships. And that's, that was our, our hope and our prayer, that mm -hmm. that's what God would do, uh, that we could use our story to touch people. You know, what I love about what I've seen on that is it's not just a thou shall not, it's here's the benefits and here's the blessing that you can have that's right. in your life. You know, I, I, grew up in, I grew up in a church, funny story, where we, um, you know, it was very, it was denominational church, very, you know, uh, fa fairly conservative and, and strict and things. And every year they would do with our small youth group a don't have sex before marriage campaign, you know, which, which I applaud and I believe in. Right. Okay? But they would, it was all fear tactics. They would bring in speakers that had HIV oh and, my goodness. and talk to people. And in a period of five years in this little church, 13 girls got pregnant. Absolutely. Everybody was thinking about sex all the time, you know, because it. It, the law makes sin increase, right? And, and there's no, and there was no, you know, perspective on, okay, here's why I'm waiting because I'm making a choice to wait because right. of what I want. Right. It's like if you say just don't. Okay, here's here's the cookies. Here's the donuts. Don't eat them. <laughs> right. But what are you going to do when you get hungry? <laughs> right, exactly. You're going to eat them. Exactly. Bottom line. It's like, but here, here's the reason why I'm not going to eat the donuts because I want to lose X amount of weight because this is how I want to look. Right. This is how I want to feel. Okay, all right, cool. So I see the donuts, but there's got to be a granola bar around here somewhere. Yes. Because I want the granola bar because it, it aligns with my goals, where I'm going. Absolutely. It is a perspective shift. No, I love that. I love that. Now, what was it like, um, you know, the, the, the mechanical side of sitting down and writing a book with your wife? Was that a challenging process? Yes. <laughs> yes. My wife was very yes. involved in editing my book, so oh, I, I'm boy. curious on what's yeah, happening. Yeah, I have, the good thing is I have a co-author. His name is Tim Van de Hey. And, okay. Uh, he's been a great collaborator and partner, and we did my first book together, Produced by Faith. He also helped us with the weight, and he's helping me with the Hollywood Commandments. And so, you know, he and I have a flow. Yet when my wife was involved, you <laughs> the know, she, different she was also stuff, shooting yeah. a film. So yeah. it's like, I mean, you know, she would go through the, 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 um, the chapters and, and then she would have me and Tim make the revisions. And if yeah. there's any word misspelled or <laughs> not what she wrote down, she's like, that's not what I said. <laughs> so she was very meticulous about that. But the good thing about that is that when you read the book, People really feel the authenticity of our voice yeah. and our story, which uh, it really resonates. Mm. And so I love that. And, yeah. uh, you know, her and I are talking about what our next book might be. That's awesome. And we're, you know, we'll probably do that in the next couple of years. It's a great marriage builder. It is. Sitting it down is. and having that experience with it my is. wife and I, I. I spent several years writing my book. And before I, and my wife's a master editor. And so she sat down and then started helping me through that process. And early on, I was like, 
you can't change that. That's you're gonna, you know, that's my words. Yeah. And after a while, you know, just learning to be able to trust each other and where that is. I mean, it, it you know, coming through the other side of it, it's it's been an awesome experience. Oh, right on. I, I don't know how she's feeling because book number two is coming up for me. So we'll oh, see. Yeah? We'll see if we can What's make it through. Call? The second. What's the call? It, it, I, I'm not actually able to say the name yet. Okay. Um, but it's kind of a follow-up. Good God is something I went into and really tried to. I basically said I'm doing PR for God. I'm, 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 you know, there's so many people that see God as a causation of their problems. Kind of what you were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. This idea of we, you know, we want to put responsibility on God. It's, you know, it's the woman you put here made me do this, as That's opposed right. to my own choice. That's right. Whereas I did this. Yes. Yes. And so I really go through and I kind of dispel a lot of these myths about the character and the nature of God. The second book is going to be more about how do we, now that we know He's good, how do we start building intimacy with Him, and what does that look mm. like as we walk through that path? Love so that. We'll, I'll definitely get you a copy here Please. as it comes. So, Sounds great, Devon. It's been really great to have you on the show. Um, oh, make, make a couple. Final right plugs on. here. Where can people hear or where can people see the star and when um, is that coming yes, out? Yes, the star comes out November 10th. It'll be in theaters all across the country, right in time for Thanksgiving and the holiday season. And, you know, the music in it's going to be great. The humor is going to be great. And we're just so excited to be able to bring this animated film. Separate to soundtrack life. coming out as well with yes, this? Yes, okay. yes. So we're in the process of working that out now. So you can uh, catch more information there on the starmovie.com. 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 And then, um, you know, you can check me out at devonfranklin.com. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram under the uh, handle at Devon Franklin, capital D-E, capital V-O-N, F-R-A-N-K-L-I-N. Perfect. All right. And we'll put all that info in the show notes that's available for everybody. Okay. Devon, such a pleasure to Thanks, have you Lucas, on today. Man. Thanks Appreciate for being it. here. Can't wait to come back. Absolutely. We'll do that. Okay. If you've enjoyed listening so far to The Lucas Miles Show, then I would like to invite you to head over to my website at lucasmiles.org. That's lucasmiles.org. And there you can find all sorts of goodies like my ebook, Unstoppable Grace, as well as my book, Good God. Also, if you haven't yet gone to lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter, you can go there and you can download a super secret chapter X, we're calling it, that didn't make it into Good God, but I think it's got all sorts of great material and resources for you. So in the topic of that chapter is the story of authority. So make sure and head over there and grab that. It's at lucasmiles.org slash missing chapter. And please let us know what you think.